0: And Abraham's my namesake, Abraham Glenn McMorris. Now, his his two older sisters and older brother—they're a little bit in the Facetime, but you know they're kind of too cool for that now. But Abraham—he's he's right there whenever his dad FaceTimed, Hi, Mom. Hi, Nana. Hi, Papa. What are y'all doing? And we were Facetiming the other day, and he says. Papa, you're coming to my house. I said, we are Abraham. He said, I can't wait. I said, we can't either, Abraham. We haven't seen you in a while. We're looking forward to it. He says, Papa, I need (laughs) (laughs) walkie-talkies. I said, you need walkie-talkies, Abraham? He said, Papa, I I really need (laughs) walkie-talkies. Guess what's out in the car? Thankfully, there are, I found that there are children's walkie-talkies, so I didn't have to spend a the fortune. They are made specifically for our children, but we're looking forward to it. And I know me, and I know Sharon. At some point in time in the trip, we will be very eager to get back here and be with you folks. Uh, this morning's message, Four Daily Habits of Mature Christians four daily habits of mature Christians. I got that idea from something I do just about every morning. I get up early. I'm an early riser, and I invest in myself, and that's what I recommend for all of you. That's not something selfish. By investing in myself, that means I try to read things that are helpful, inspiring, motivating, practical. That's how I invest in myself. And you ought to do the same thing. That's how I start off pretty much every, every morning. It's quiet, it's early, and I have time to do that. There's this uh, one website that I go to that has all sorts of helpful lists. I mean, I was reading yesterday, and I get this. I didn't read it because I don't understand it. One article was seven things successful people do in the first 10 minutes of their day. How can you possibly do 17 things? I didn't read the article, but I'll have to go back and read it. Uh, another article that I read recently says doing these five things daily will make you more productive. And included in that was time blocking. They say you've got to block off periods of time, important things, you've got to block them. They say, I'm going to work on this during, you know, nine to ten or whatever it might be. Uh, limit meetings. You know, they say having too many meetings can be unproductive. Uh, they talk about writing a priority list and, and other things. So I, I'm looking at those lists, and I thought, you know, that's, I, I like those lists. They're, they're practical, they're, they're easy to understand, and, and they're helpful. So I thought, let me come up with a list that would help every person in this room. So again, today we're talking about four daily habits of mature Christians. Now, let me begin by quoting somebody that many of you are familiar with. He's a Bible scholar, commentator, Warren Wearsby. He says this concerning discipleship, being a Christian, and, and daily discipline. He says this, discipleship is a daily discipline. And again, I, I, I try to do that. I start off my day investing in, in myself. Again, not for me necessarily, but for to be a better husband, to be a better uh, father, and certainly to be a, a better pastor. Discipleship is a daily discipline. We follow Jesus a step at a time, a day at a time. He says, a weary cleaning woman said to a friend of mine, the trouble with life is that it's so daily. But Wearsby comments, but she was wrong. One of the best things about life is that we can take it a day at a time. So I looked up in the Bible to find situations where the word daily was used. I looked up the word daily in the Bible. Things that people were doing daily. And I'm going to share with you With you, four of them this morning. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. There are other things that are not on this list that we should also be doing daily. So, if I leave out something that's important to you, again, I'm stating at the beginning, if we were going to cover everything that you should do daily, well, we just don't have enough time. So, I have selected four. Let's begin this morning. These are things that if you want to be a mature Christian, you should desire to do. And if you are doing these things, may I compliment you? that this is an indication that you are a mature Christian. What's the first one? Well, the first one, number one, mature Christians encourage others daily. Mature Christians encourage others daily. That's based on, and everything I'm going to say is based on Scripture. Otherwise, there's no point for me to be up here. That's based on Hebrews 3.13, if you want to turn there. Hebrews 3.13. Again, mature Christians encourage others daily. In Hebrews 3.13, it says the following. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Mature Christians understand this. Sadly, immature Christians, people that haven't matured, they're, they're usually not thinking of other people. They're usually just thinking of themselves and their issues and their drama and what they need to do. Mature Christians grow to the point where at some point in time, they're, they're more thinking about others than they are even themselves, which of course was modeled to us by the Lord. This was written to the Hebrews. Hebrews was written to Jews who had converted to Christianity. And early on, they're struggling with their new faith. They're trying to figure it all out. They're trying to deal with it. These are first-generational Christians. And Paul, knowing their struggles, encourages them to do something vitally important. He encourages them to exhort each other daily. Now, to exhort in this context means he's telling them, to encourage each other to do the right thing. That your friends in church, uh, your, 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 your Christian buddies, your Christian girlfriends, they need to hear you encouraging them to do the right thing. Mature Christians understand that. Mature Christians understand that their brothers and sisters in Christ can be struggling. They can be struggling with sin. And they, it, that concerns them. They care. They want to see their brothers and sisters in Christ to be victorious. So mature Christians involve themselves in other people's lives daily through personal encouragement in the faith. They have an awareness. You know, certain people have an awareness, and I think that's the more mature Christians, and some people that are less mature don't have an awareness. I mean, I can go to an event and a lot of people will be there. It could be a church event. And as a leader, I, I think I have a sensitivity that so-and-so didn't seem to be themselves tonight. Something wasn't right with so-and-so. And other mature Christians in that room, they will pick up on that as well. It's just something mature Christians do. Sadly, there can be some people in that room who haven't matured in the Lord yet who are just, they're clueless. That was great. But did you notice that so-and-so is struggling and maybe somebody else? I wasn't aware of that. I am thankful that in this room right here, there are many mature Christians who do have that kind of sensitivity. And based on that sensitivity then, choose and make it a point to find out what's wrong and what they can do to help to exhort. That's what it says in Hebrews 3.13, but exhort one another daily. That's important because exhortation can make a difference in somebody's life, whether they have it or whether they don't. As I was growing up, my dad, who is now deceased, when I was young, my dad put a high priority on a college degree. Now, why that was the case, I'm not really sure, because he didn't have one. He graduated high school, hard-working man, Worked extra jobs to provide for his young family at that time. And I always heard him telling me, you want to go to college. You want to get your degree. I heard that. And he he would give me, he was a builder, and I would go with him sometimes. And he would give me the most dirty, sweaty, hot jobs in the world. And he would emphasize to me, is this what you'd like to do the rest of your life? And it was honorable work. Don't get me wrong. All work is honorable But he said, is this what you'd like to do the rest of your life? I said, not really. He says, get your college degree. He said, that will open doors for you. And he exhorted me to do that. And thankfully, it was the right thing for me to do. If I hadn't done that, I don't think I'd be standing before you today. But I owe where I am and who I am to a great degree to the exhortation of my dad. Exhortation can make a difference. Exhortation can play a huge role. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 24, one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible says this. Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Let us consider one another. Don't just think about yourself yourself Your problem and your issues. Sure you have them. Guess what? We all do. But he says and makes it a point. Consider others. Consider one another. To do what? To provoke. To encourage. Them to do what? Love and good works. Listen, there's enough pressure coming at us from the world, society, television, that pressures us to do the wrong thing and live the wrong way. There needs to be a counterbalance there. There needs to be Christians who are verbal to not discourage somebody, but to encourage somebody to do the right thing, to provoke them unto love and to good works. I like this quote. Doubtless many Christians would be saved from gross sins if mutual exhortation were more commonly practiced in the churches of God and in the power of the Holy Spirit. So let me, let me encourage you. As you grow in the Lord, you should find yourself less worried about yourself as you grow in the Lord. And more concerned with others. And there's a reason for that. That's the Holy Spirit working in you to make you aware of others. Someone who's down. Someone who's discouraged. Someone who might be heading down a wrong path in their life. And the Lord can use you to exhort them, to exhort them to do the right thing. It might be as simple as a phone call, it might be a text message, email, might be just asking them out for a dinner or a cup of coffee or whatever, or say, "Can I come over to your house and visit with you?" One of the things mature Christians do is daily is they look for opportunities to exhort others. And I am so grateful to every one of you in this room who do just that. And there are a great number of people in this room who are mature. And one of the indicators that you're mature is you are aware. You're not, just, you're not walking around with blinders. You're, you're sensitive to people that are hurting, people that are maybe, like I said, headed down the wrong path. And then just through your words, you exhort them. Number two, mature Christians willingly and courageously face opposition daily. Mature Christians willingly and courageously face opposition daily. We're looking for the word daily in Scripture. We find it in 1 Corinthians 15.31. Paul says to the Corinthians, I protest by your rejoicing which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then he says this, Paul says to the Corinthians, I die daily. I die daily. Does that mean he dies physically daily? Well, of course, that's an impossibility, so that certainly can't be what it is. It is also not referring to other passages where he talks about dying to self. That's that's where you just, you know, repress the the, the flesh. You, You crucify your flesh daily. And this passage is really not even talking about that. What it is talking about in, in this passage is he faced the possibility of death daily. And that did not discourage him. I mean, Paul's life came under threats often as he spread the gospel. There were many times that he was looking death in the face. That's what he's talking about. He said, like, I die daily. He's like, I, that could happen to me anytime. You know, he's spreading the gospel in a very, very hostile world at that time. But he didn't quit. And that did not deter him. You know, an immature Christian would be more of a closet Christian. He will talk about his faith when it's convenient, when it's going to be well received. Paul is going to talk about his faith any time and every time, and he's willing to die daily. And such is the case of mature Christians. A mature Christian, these days, will daily, in their lives, often faith find opposition. And rather than compromise or rather than be silent, they'll speak out in a loving way, in a compassionate way, but we'll speak out in a bold way at home, at work, in the classroom, and among unsafe family and friends. And you, you just have to determine that that's what I am going to do. More, We don't need to put our lights now under a bushel basket in the society and the world in which we live today, we Christians more than ever need to take the basket off our life and be open and positive about our faith, excited about our faith, encouraged about our faith, and willing to die if necessary physically. And thankfully, while that's really not a likelihood now, you, you, you might have to die. As far, you might lose your job. You, you might flunk the class. You might lose a friend, in that sense something dies, but a mature Christian understands that and yet is not deterred. 2 Corinthians 4.10, it says, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our body, for we which Live and are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Like Jesus died for the faith, we must be willing to do that. And if you're not willing to take some, some hits at work, if, if, if you're not willing to uh, lose your job if you have to stand for doing right and you refuse to lie, cheat, or steal on behalf of your company... If you're unwilling to do that, then you're not willing to die daily. That's for sure. I like what MacArthur says here, quoting John MacArthur. Paul continually risked his life in self-sacrificing ministry. Why would he risk death daily, even hourly, if there were no life after death, no reward, no eternal joy for all his pain? You see, he understood that even if they did take his life, he has life eternal. He has life in heaven, life in paradise. Number three, where else in Scripture do we find the word daily used? We find it in Acts 17, 11. Number three, mature Christians study their Bibles daily. Mature Christians study their Bibles daily. Acts 17, 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, In that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. In Acts chapter 17, Paul and Silas, on their missionary journeys, come to the city of Berea. And they find new converts there new converts that don't want to stay immature, they want to grow in the Lord, they want to be mature, and they are in earnest pursuit of the scriptures. They were seeking the truth. They wanted to know what was true about life. You know, why are we here? Where are we going? Where, where did we come from? And they knew that they could find the answers in scriptures. And I think it's encouraging to us. It says they search the scriptures daily. And that's what mature Christians do. Mature Christians are disciplined enough and understand the importance of their Bible that they will find times daily to study their Bibles. They don't see it as a burden. They see it as profitable. You know, it's just like physical exercise. It's very profitable to physically exercise daily. You know, as Sharon and I get older, well, not her, as I get older, she's, perpetually young, I'm okay, I'm good, all right, we, we try to exercise, we recently got bikes, come out McCollum Lake Road, Cindy and Keith, y'all can verify that we, we, we ride bikes, Keith, he, 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 he drives past us. he lives out there and points at us and laughs and keeps on driving, no, he doesn't, but, uh, you know, we, we, we try to do that, we, that's something, and it's important that you do it daily, I mean, to exercise once every three months, you know, that doesn't really cut it. There are some things that that profit you by doing them daily. And according to this, Scripture is one of those things. In fact, in Psalm 1.1, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, or Scripture, the Bible, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And what does it say of that man? And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I guarantee you, based on God's word, that those who claim to be Christians and yet their lives are filled with drama and they're, they're leading lifestyles that, that the Lord would condemn, I guarantee you they're not spending daily time in God's Word. But those individuals and families where there's a love, there's a bond, there's a commitment, there's a purpose in life, and there's an inner joy, peace, and satisfaction, guarantee you they are like the trees planted by water. in that what? They are in his law meditating day and night." Again, if I could quote John MacArthur, "The spiritually happy man is characterized. The spiritually happy man is characterized by the consistent contemplation and internalization of God's word for ethical direction and obedience. Let me read that again. The spiritually happy man is characterized by the consistent contemplation and internalization of God's word for ethical direction and obedience. Mature Christians understand the value, the importance, and the profitability of being in God's word daily. And I love when, when I talk to so many of you and you talk about what the Lord shared with you in your devotion that morning. And in some cases, that, that evening or that day sometime. Doesn't, doesn't really matter as long as you're in it daily. That's what the Bible says. That is so encouraging to a pastor that you have people with that kind of maturity that make it a priority to be in God's Word daily. So may we, if you're not there, you know, understand if you want to mature as a Christian, set aside that time, make it a priority, and don't let anything keep you from it. And then lastly, number four, we're looking for the word daily in Scripture. We find it in Luke 9, 23, where we learn that mature Christians willingly make sacrifices to serve Christ daily. Mature Christians willingly make sacrifices To serve Christ daily. Again, Luke 9, 23. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Help me. Take up his cross daily and follow me. In this passage, Jesus is encouraging people to follow him, to become Christians, to be committed, to be all in. But he's being straightforward and honest and upfront with them when he says they must take up his cross. And they must take up his cross daily. Which means they must be willing to to make the sacrifices that might come as a Christian every day of their lives. Because every day of our life we have to make a decision whether we're going to submit to his will or we're going to be intent on doing our own will. Are we going to submit to His will? That, that's what it means to to die daily, or, or to 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 take up your cross daily. Or are you willing to to die to your own attitude, your own your your own bad spirit? Are you willing to die to your your selfishness? Or are you willing to to have the right attitude? Are you willing to be a witness? Are you willing to to be morally and and, and ethically ethically clean and pure? You're not living for yourself. You're taking up your cross. And that, that means you're with him. You're identifying with Christ. When you when you bear that cross as he bore the cross, you want to live like he lived. You want to think like he thinks. Uh, you you want to do what he did. So important. Folks, think about it. People make sacrifices to serve our nation. You know, politicians have a pretty bad name in our country right now, in many cases, rightly so. But I was listening to uh I think she's a news reporter on Fox News and her dad was just recently appointed to be the ambassador to to Russia. Now, I think a lot of times when we think of these kind of things, we just think, oh look look at the you know, the perks and the the, the probably a pretty good paycheck and whatever and traveling to Russia and meeting with heads of state and all that. But there's in a sense a cross to be born there because this girl was saying she said I'm honored that my dad was selected to be the ambassador to to Russia, but she says, you know, my baby is about. She was expecting. She said, my baby's about to be born, and my parents won't be here. You know, she says, if if one of us gets sick, they 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 won't be here, and there's going to be holidays that that we miss. And I thought, well, that that's an interesting perspective on on that. You know, a very personal perspective that this daughter was giving. She says, I'm very honored that my dad's gonna be the, the the ambassador to Russia She says but you know, personally there's some sacrifices that have to be made. And it's an honor to, to serve the Lord. But we have to understand there are some sacrifices that we have to be willing to make. In Matthew sixteen twenty four, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. In other words, if it's all about your life, you know, it's not going to count for anything. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. If you're willing to die to self, if you're willing to serve the Lord, you're going to experience a life you would have never experienced otherwise. Far more meaningful than you would have ever accomplished solely on your own. Mature people understand that. Mature Christians are willing to make sacrifices. To a degree, this week, there are folks that are making sacrifices. They won't be at home in the evening for supper and Kicking back and watching Wheel of Fortune. I don't know why I always pick on Wheel of Fortune, but I, I, I do. You know they're they're going to be up here, and you know if it's over at eight thirty, they might get home by nine thirty. Some won't get home till ten o'clock. Some will get up the next morning, go to work, and when they get off work, they'll they'll, they'll come here. Amateur Christian, I don't have time for that. I'm I'm too busy. I don't see the point in it. And I, I besides you know Wheel of Fortune comes on, you know and. But mature Christians, the folks that will be here this week will be those mature Christians. Quoting Matthew Henry this time We are daily subject to affliction, and we must accommodate ourselves to it and acquiesce in the will of God in it. And we must learn to endure hardship. We frequently meet with crosses in the way of duty. And though we must not pull them upon our own heads, yet when they are laid on us, we must take them up, carry them after Christ, and make the best of them. Mature Christians take it as a humble badge of honor that they are able to come here tonight, the rest of the week, to be here on Wednesday nights. Mature Christians know their lives would have probably been—who knows what? You know how? how you know is, is it a bad thing to have to come here to, to or, or to cert, you apply it to any area of ministry? Because every area of ministry requires sacrifice. Choir having to stay after this afternoon, and they they stay after most Sundays. So to a degree, th- that is sacrifice. But compare that to being lost in the life you might have lived otherwise. When you think about it in those terms, it's not a sacrifice. It is a wonderful privilege and, not, and a wonderful opportunity. So when we think about daily, there's lots of things that we can think about that mature Christians do on a daily basis. This morning we focused on four. Mature Christians encourage others daily. And I am so thankful for those of you in this room that are sensitive to other people that are hurting and you make it a point in whatever way the Lord leads to encourage them. If you're not there yet, keep growing. Stay faithful in church. Keep keep praying, and you're going to get there. Number two, mature Christians study their Bibles daily. We need to understand and to appreciate that, what we do in that area, studying their Bibles daily. Mature Christians also face opposition daily. And mature Christians are willing to make sacrifices daily. One of the great privileges I have pastoring my Baptist church is to have people that these passages describe sitting in this room right here, right now. And some of you aren't quite there yet, but you will be. And it'll be a, it'll be a, a joy and a pleasure to exhort you to keep growing, to start getting involved, to to see you. you whereas you used to would never miss whatever, but now on Wednesday night I'm going to be at church. And used to go bowling on Wednesday nights, but you know what? Is bowling isn't the same anymore. And, you know, a church would be far better experience than doing something like doing something like that, to watch you grow and to be a part of it and others to come around you and to encourage you and exhort you, you're going to get there. You're going to get there. And it's going to change your life and it's going to be the most wonderful thing you've ever experienced. Listen, being a mature Christian has its challenges, but my, does it have its rewards. There isn't much better in the world than knowing that God has used you to make a difference in somebody else's life. You say, can God use me? pastor I don't have much of a personality you know I'm like your dad I I, I just graduated high school maybe there's some in here that didn't even do that listen the only necessary criteria is a willing and humble heart and yes God can use you in ways you probably never dreamed or never imagined thank you for listening to today's message we hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Myo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at MyoBaptistChurch.com. Thanks for listening.